Bibles to uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, tonight we are going to look at Matthew chapter 13. Uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 18 through uh, 23. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 18. Beloved, before we hear God's word, if you would join your hearts together with me in prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father and our Lord, we thank you, Lord, for again for your abundant mercy to us and your Son, who died for us, who was raised, and who is reigning at your right hand, interceding for us always. We thank you for this word from the, what has been known as the love letter from Christ to his church. We pray, Father, that you, by your Spirit, would till our hearts, create good soil, that the seed of your word might fall upon us there, and that Christ truly may enter in and bear fruit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 18. Beloved, this is the word of God. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of God. In verse 16, Jesus says to his disciples, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. So the disciples were the blessed ones because in the power of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, they could spiritually see the glory of the kingdom of Christ and they could spiritually hear and understand what it means to be put in Christ's kingdom. Jesus would speak and because they are the blessed ones, they would understand it and take it to heart and live from it, live out of that word. This is the blessedness we enjoy as well, friends. This is us. We are the blessed ones. But being blessed in this way doesn't mean that we understand everything perfectly. Sometimes there are aspects of the kingdom that do not click for us immediately, or at least all the way. We see and hear rather clearly. Other times we see, but we see dimly. And so we need constant Uh, instruction. We need constant clarification. Or we might hear and we can only make out a few words. And so we are always in need of teaching. There's always room for growth in the Christian life. And so it was with the disciples here. In verse 18, Jesus says, hear then the parable of the sower. Now, since the disciples, by faith, were able to spiritually understand Jesus' parable, there was obviously a need to fully clarify further for them what the parable 
meant. They could understand, but Jesus wants to really impress it upon them, bring it home to them. In Luke's record of the parable, of this parable, the disciples come right out and ask Jesus about the meaning of the parable. And so they see they're the blessed ones, and yet they still have questions. They still are asking Jesus, what exactly does this mean? Uh, and so we need constant teaching. This is true for any believer. This was true for any believer at that time and for us uh, today. The parable of the sower seems fairly straightforward when we read it. The seeds represent the word of God and the different types of soil represent different types of people's hearts. So that part is fairly straightforward. But Jesus takes the time here to make sure the disciples truly get the meaning of this parable or at least truly take the meaning of this parable uh, to heart. And so we would do well to take the time tonight to look at it more deeply uh, as well. The first thing I would like to point out here is that this parable and the elements or the symbols in the parable are all about the kingdom. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom, this is about the kingdom and the other parables we're going to be looking at are about the kingdom, including, and so this one. If you want to peer deeper into the true nature of Christ's kingdom, this parable is meant to help you. It's meant to help you understand the nature of the kingdom. The next thing is that Jesus makes it abundantly clear that the scattering of the seed across all the different types of soil symbolizes, or that symbolizes, it symbolizes preaching. That's very clear. The scattering of the seed over all the different types of soil is a symbol or a representation of the preaching of the word. Jesus is, of course, the supreme prophet. He is the supreme preacher. It is his gospel that goes out. It is his word. Faithful ministers who faithfully preach the gospel preach Christ's word to Christ's people. They don't preach their own word. They preach Christ's word. They expound the words of Christ from Holy Scripture for the people of God. And so Jesus is the supreme preacher. It is his gospel that goes out. He preached the word. It's his word while he ministered on earth. And it is his word that still goes out. Christ's word that still goes out to us, to his servants who who serve him faithfully. And so it is his word. It's the, the seeds represent Christ's word. Verse 19, anyone Hears the word of the kingdom. Verse 20, this is the one who hears the word. Verse 22, this is the one who hears the word. Verse 23, this is the one who hears the word. It's the word that goes out. The preaching of the gospel that is scattered everywhere. And so the image of the man scattering seed all over the place represents the word going out proclaimed to all kinds of people. That's what it represents. The word going out and reaching the ears of all kinds of people. Every time that we gather on the Lord's Day, friends, whether in the morning or in the evening, the word of the kingdom is heard by all kinds of people. Now, of course, uh, I don't think we have to completely restrict the hearing of the word of the kingdom to preaching on the Lord's Day. That's certainly not the only way in which the word is scattered 
across the earth. The word goes out through Bible studies. It goes out through private reading. It goes out through conferences, through literature, and sometimes even private conversation. Someone can speak the word of God uh, into a person's ear so they might understand and take it to heart. But God has ordained in his wisdom that the primary means by which men and women are brought into the kingdom and the primary means by which men and women are kept in the kingdom is through regular preaching of the word. The next dominant, and so the, the scattering of the seeds represent the preaching of the word. The next dominant element in the parable is the soil, the soil upon which the seed lands. Now, real quick, we should notice that there are different types of soil, of course. But the seed is referred to in the parable as just seed. In other words, there is nothing wrong with the seed. Christ's word, there's nothing wrong with Christ's word as it goes out. There's nothing wrong with the seed that is scattered. There's nothing wrong with the word of God. So long as it's preached faithfully, the word of God is perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. The word is perfect and it goes out infallibly. The places where the word lands, however, that is a different story. There are different types of soil. The word is perfect, but the soil, of course, is imperfect. There are different types of soil. Now, Jesus makes it clear here that the different types of soil represent different types of people's hearts. Verse 19, when anyone hears the word, he talks about what is sown in the heart. Verse 20, this is the one who hears. Verse 22, this is the one who hears. Verse 23, this is the one who hears. And so, it's their people and how they listen or how they understand. The types of soil then are people, namely the hearts of people. This is really what we're getting at here the hearts of different types of people. And of course, the heart is what makes a person truly who he or she is. Now notice how Jesus seamlessly alternates between the heart and the person in this explanation. In verse 19, he says, the soil represents the heart of a person. What has been sown in the heart. But then in verse 20, and then verse 22, and verse 23... He says, the type of soil represents the whole person. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one, the whole person who hears. In other words, your heart, what is in your heart, defines who you are as a person. Jesus makes this, he implies this here, he assumes it. He can interchange heart and person, one for the other. And so, again, the different types of soil are different types of people, namely different types of hearts of people, which make them what they are. There are four different specific types of hearts of people, Jesus says. But really, there are only two. There are people who hear the word and do not produce fruit. That's one class of people. And then there's, there are the people who hear the word and do produce fruit. That's the second class of people. So really there's only two different classes of people at all times in the world. Much of this parable focuses on that first class of people, the people who hear the word but do not respond with faith, do not respond with repentance, and do not respond in yielding fruit. 
Much of the parable deals with them. The parable simply gives different reasons why these people reject the word. So again, there's ultimately only two classes of people, two types of soil. Those who reject the word and those who receive it and produce uh, fruit. Now the first soil is not really uh, soil necessarily. It's really a path or it's soil that's been trampled down so much that it's turned into a path. The seed is this immediately, in this soil, is immediately exposed to the birds. Jesus says this path represents people whose hearts are stone cold to the gospel. They immediately reject it, even though they hear it. They hear it, sown in the heart. It's the word that's sown in the heart. And so they hear it, but they immediately reject it. So again, there is nothing wrong with the seed. The word reaches their ears. The perfect word of Christ reaches their ears, but they immediately reject the message. They have no use for it. There's not even a hint to others that they might believe it. We see here, too, that Satan, the evil one, is involved in the unbelief of people. We see here that he comes and he snatches. There's activity of Satan involved in this blindness and this Hardness of heart. And thus, and thus people either willingly give their hearts to the evil one or they give their hearts to Christ. There is no in-between. Satan is at work in the one class of people in different types of ways. And then Christ is at work. Christ is leading. Christ is sovereign, over, is Lord over their lives. There's no in-between. The evil one is just as much involved in the unbelief of the other types as he is here. It's just that the evidence of his work is more immediate in this first type of person. He comes and he snatches the word. They they harden themselves against it immediately. Now note too that this person has the word snatched away by the devil because he rejects it. His heart is bad. It is not as though the evil one steals something from him that he truly wanted to hang on to. And he's powerless against the devil to do that. That is not the case. Uh, That is not ultimately the case. The point simply is that there is no visible effect of the word on that person. He rejects it immediately. That's the first type of soil. The second type of bad soil or second type of bad heart is different. In the rocky ground, there is a measure of soil. There is some measure of soil into which the seed can fall into. Unlike the seed that's sown on the path, the seed in this soil actually does sink down. This person hears the word and at least outwardly shows signs of interest. That's what Jesus says. He immediately receives it with joy. And so there's evidence, or at least it looks like there's evidence that the word has taken root in this person. Now, if you think about this, the message that we bring every week The forgiveness of sins, it's an attractive message, is it not? To not have to fear judgment. Uh, Knowing God, that's an attractive message. Being made part of God's people is an attractive message. There's even certain uh, immediate benefits in joining a church or being part of a church uh, community. But those things don't comprise the whole message of the gospel. Jesus says, take up your cross and die to yourself daily. He says, be crucified to the world. He says, share in my sufferings. 
And so it's not the whole message, just simply to receive the forgiveness of sins and, and then live however you want. The heat of the sun in, the, in this parable represents the heat and the pain of suffering as a follower of Christ. That is what we must go through as followers of Jesus. But suffering for Christ is not what this person really wanted. He wanted the benefits rather than the suffering. He endures temporarily. He immediately falls away when persecution comes. This person's falling away immediately on account of suffering shows that he never truly believed. He never really did understand. The third person is similar to the second person. He too has bad soil or a bad heart. But his heart is bad not so much because of lack of depth, but because of impurity in the soil. His soil is riddled with weeds. The weeds represent the cares of this world, the riches of the present age. As one writer put it, riches have an intoxicating effect. This person's heart is fully committed to the things of this world. That is what he really wanted. In this way, he suffocates the gospel message, which says that we must forsake the world, that we must forsake the ways of the world and store up treasures in heaven, not treasures on earth. But this person doesn't want any part of that. He wants the world. He thought he could have the benefits from Christ and yet also hang on to the world. But over time, it has shown where his heart truly lied. He loved the world. Again, notice that this third person, like the second, he shows some promise initially. But over time, no real fruit is made. It proves unfruitful, as Jesus says. That is to say, they heard the gospel. They received it or appeared to receive it with joy. But over time, they loved the things of this world more. It took over. They couldn't let go of it. These are the different kinds of bad soil, but all is not lost, friends. There are people who have been given new good hearts. They hear the word because God has changed their hearts. This is you and I tonight. Because God has tilled the soil of our hearts by, our, by his spirit, we repent and respond with faith. We respond with lifelong service, service that perseveres through persecution, that endures the temptations of the world. It lasts because the roots are deep. It doesn't mean that those things will affect you. It doesn't mean that you, we will see effects from dealing with these things. We will. Sometimes we fail. But we endure. We flower once again. We wither for a time perhaps, but we flower once again. That is what God has given us. Enduring faith. Lifelong service. Lifelong self-denial. As Jesus says here, these people bear fruit continually. It's the nature of who we are. We bear fruit. The soil yields fruit, the fruit of faith, love, and repentance. And this fruit is visible. The soil yields fruit that you can see. You can measure the fruit, 160 and 30. And so it's evident that the soil has taken root. And so there are different levels of repentance. 160 and 30 obviously don't equal one another. There's different levels of repentance, different levels of love, different levels of types of fruit and service in the kingdom. We have stronger faith at times, weaker faith at other times. But all of us in some way and at some level, we all yield fruit. That is what we are. 
These people, you and I, believers, show real evidence of love for Christ and real evidence of love for his church. Now, again, this is not to say that we don't face what the other people in the parable face who hear the word. We do. We, in, we are tempted by the things of this world. We are tempted by the weeds. But the word has the opposite effect in us over time. The word and the fruit from the word choke out the weeds. They have the victory in the end. We feel the heat of persecution and the pain of suffering, but we endure it all for the sake of Christ because, again, our roots dig deep into the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we find new life there. We may feel dried up at times, withered away, but our roots, our spiritual roots, dig deep and we're given life once again from the Spirit. That's the Christian life. It's enduring. It's a long life. It's a hard life at times, but we endure to the end. We contend against the evil one. He would love to snatch away our faith. He would love to snatch away our love for God's word, but he can't. The seed is not exposed in us. It's no longer his to do with what he pleases. It has gone down deep into the soil of our hearts. We bear fruit, and we bear more fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold. The birds looking to easily pick up seed, they are driven further and further away as we dig deeper and deeper into Christ. And so by faith and the power of the Spirit, friends, we as true believers are able to resist the evil one. We are able to continually resist him, to endure suffering, and to fight against temptation, and to forsake the world. Now this is a good reminder for us, friends. This is the invisible workings of the kingdom. Invisible. We can't always see them with our eyes. But this is what is happening to you right now. God is producing fruit through you, multiplying fruit from you. This is the invisible workings of the kingdom. The word goes out. There are all kinds of reactions to the word. And much of them, much of those reactions, some of them, sometimes many of those reactions are negative, as we see in this parable. But when people fall away, friends, let us not despair. Let us continue to pray to God that the gospel would land on good soil. God must do this. Let us pray that the Holy Spirit would till the hearts of people so that the word would land on good soil and that we would continue to bear 